If you'd like to attend the next Mad Thing in a Masjid event, inshallah ta'ala, live in a the masjid, then click on the link below. It will take you to a Telegram group that has the details for all the events that we do, inshallah. And you can then find the details for the next Mad Thing in a Masjid, which will be on a Saturday, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brothers, as time passes and years pass us by, you have to reflect on where you are in life. You have to reflect on what you've achieved and what you've accomplished. There were certain goals that you used to have when you were young. Did you reach them? Are you better off now today than you were in the past? Or are you worse off? Or did you just not move? Do you struggle to have vision and set yourself goals that are very, very weak when a believer should always be reaching for the stars? Today's discussion, inshallah ta'ala, is going to be on something the scholars, they call ulu al-himma, having high ambition. You see, we talk about reaching goals and targets and achieving great things, but achievement is the end of the journey. When you accomplish the goal, that's the end. How does the journey start? The journey starts with an ambition. What is your ambition, my brothers? What do you want in life? What do you want to achieve? The want, the want is the starting point of the journey. Some of us, we want very, very weak things. They ask you, what do you want to do in life? Bro, you know me, I just want to... You know, just get a little certificate, work a nine-to-five. That's it. You don't want to reach for the stars. You don't want to get financial liberation so you can take care of your family, move them out of a council estate, move them into a safe area, maybe move back to a Muslim country. Because these things cost money. What kind of woman do you want to marry? You know me, I, you know, just... As long as she's a female. You know, she could do the job then. Doesn't matter, you know, she's you know, she's not wearing hijab, you know, I kinda of, uh, whatever, I'll, just, I'll run whatever. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, this world is enjoyment, and the greatest enjoyment in this life is a righteous woman. What do you want to do? I just want to play games, bro. When our people are out there that are accomplishing great things, but we are picking the lesser. You see in the Quran, the ones who had a characteristic of having low aspirations and picking the lower thing was the Jews, the Yehud. Because Allah used to send them food from the sky. Allah used to send them food from the sky. But they didn't want the food that was heaven sent. They wanted the food that come out of the earth. So they said, Ya Musa. They said, Oh Musa, make dua to your Lord. Fadu'u lana rabbak. Make da'at him To bring out from the earth We want onions That's what we want to eat And cucumbers And lentils فَدْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُخْرِجَ لَنَا مِمَّا تُنْبِتُ الْأَرْضُ مِنْ بَقَلِهَا وَقِثَائِهَا وَفُومِهَا وَعَادَسِهَا وَبَصَلِهَا Musa became confused أَتَسْتَبِدِلُونَ الَّذِي هُوَ أَدَنَا بِالَّذِي هُوَ خَيْرٌ You're trying to swap that which is better for that which is worse And that's what most of us are like today Time is a blessing. You get hours in a day. You can achieve whatever you want. You can spend that time working out. You can spend that time setting up a business. You can spend that time studying, revising for your exams. Better you can spend that time worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you decide to spend it playing games, going through social media. You chose that which is worse and swapped it and exchanged it for that which is better. But rather the Muslims, they're not like that. They have higher ambitions. My brothers, even the animals have higher ambitions than some of us. Did you know that a lion, it will not eat from the flesh of an animal that's already dead. It has to kill it. The lion has to hunt the animal itself. If it sees an animal that's already dead, it's not going to eat from that. He said, I'm going to eat from my own blood, flesh. My own, my own blood, sweat and tears. But some of us are happy with universal credit. Me, I'm, gonna, I'm a Muslim with my beard and my thobe. I'm going to go to the job seekers allowance. Please, I'm going to get my, I'm gonna get my benefits from them. You don't want to work off your own sweat. You want to put the work in. 
Even a spider when it's born, it doesn't live in its mum's web. A spider doesn't live in its mum's web, it builds its own web. Independence. I'm going to go out and get my own. Of course, the greatest thing to achieve in this life is Tawheed. Serving, serving, slaving servitude to Allah and There's nothing greater that you can work for than the Akhirah. But even on a dunya level, it's shocking because you're chasing a dunya. Wallah, you didn't get the Akhirah. No, did you get the dunya? If you're going to chase the dunya, at least chase it properly. At least chase it properly. Be the boss, not the employee. Be the guy selling, not the one buying. You get some money, you say, look, look at the mentality. You get some money, you save up. You can invest that money. Flipped it, made more. What did you do? You went and put yourself a Gucci belt. And you put, just so you could put it on Instagram. Some idiot girl could say to you, what? One, two hearts. You did it just for that. And now you're broke again. When the next man was grinding, he was saving the money, working hard. Ten years later, he never had no girls reaching out to him. But now he's able to what? He's, buy, he's able to buy a penthouse. And you all want to marry him. But you? You got a job. Night five, working for Harry. Struggling to pray your salah. So my brothers, you have to reach for the stars. So the starting point is the, the big goal. So what do you want in life? Do you want better health? You want to fix your financial situation? You want to fix your relationships? You want to fix your deen? Even if you're doing well, you could do better. Don't tell me I live a good life. Then you need to live an outstanding life. The Muslims are trained to reach for the stars. You say, I'm happy, you know, I don't really want to reach for the stars. You see, that's problematic. You know why? Because there's always a chance that you may not get the goal that you set out to achieve. If your goal is high, like the stars, you may not grab a star, but you might touch a cloud. You might touch a cloud. If your goal is the cloud and you don't reach the cloud, you're going to end up with what? A couple twigs from a tree. You see, a person who says to himself, I'm going to go out there and earn a million pounds. I'm just giving an example, right? I'm going to go out there and earn a million pound. This guy may not get a mill, but he's working for the mill, right? Yes or no? He's putting in work for a mill. He may not get the mill, but he's putting in work for a mill. So he's going to fall short maybe. Maybe he get half a mill. But if your goal is, bro, I just want to get a job that's going to pay me 30k a year. You may not get the 30k a year. But you may get low. You're definitely not going to get above it though. You know why? Because you're not working for getting above it. See, the guy who's working for a mill, he's working for high, for, 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 for high achievement. High goals come with high work. You can't live an average, you can't, you can't live an above average life when you're an average man. You have to live an above average life, you have to put an above average effort. If people that are living an average life get up at 6 a.m., you need to get up at 4. If people who live an average life are spending 2-3 hours studying for the exams, you need to spend 5-6. If people are just worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praying the obligatory, you don't want to be praying just the obligatory, you want to pray the sunnah as well. Because the scholars say the sunnah prayers are like a fortress. They protect the obligation. If you slip up today, you didn't pray the sunnah prayer, you feel a bit tired, you feel a bit lazy, you still got the fard. But if you're not even praying the fard, then you slip up on that, brother. You may even leave the fard of Islam. Because all who leaves the prayer left Islam. So why is it that you only want to be for, go, go for the lowest? The Prophet said, if you want to achieve something, if you want to make dua for Jannah, make dua for Firdaus, which is the highest part of paradise. Paradise got levels. The Prophet said, don't make dua for the lowest. Make dua for the highest part. He's training you. He's teaching you what? Go hard. Go hard. When you want something, go for the top. Go for the top. Do you want, or do you want to be like the people who Allah said, The one who just dodged the fire. And he made it into paradise. Oh, we see him flames running by him. He's, he's, he almost never made it. He almost fell off into the fire. And he made it into paradise. You want to be like that? Are the ones who went and they rushed to paradise. They went into paradise. We're not accounting and no. <coughs> and no what? We're not accounting and no punishment. So the first stages have a high ambition. Have a high ambition. Don't be low. Don't be low. Whatever it is. And there are generally five areas of a person's life that you want to work on. Your spirituality, which is your deen. Your relationships, whether it be with your parents, your siblings, your children or your spouse. Your finances, your physical health and your mental health. These are the five things. With these areas, write this down and set yourself high targets. That's the first thing. Set yourself a high ambition. 
That's the first thing. The second thing, my brothers, is clean your heart. Because you can have a high ambition, but if your heart is dirty, you're not getting it. You know why? Because Allah said in the Quran, If loss is good in your heart, it's going to bring you good. So what point is there having a good dream when your heart is not good? Because you're not going to get that good dream unless you fix your heart. So leave off the sins. Leave off the bid'ah. Leave off the innovation. Leave off the sins. Because every time you do a sin, it makes the heart dirty. The Prophet said, a black dot is placed on your heart. Every time what? You do a sin. So then the heart is purified through repenting, which is the opposite of sinning. The heart is also purified through seeking knowledge. It's also purified through ibadah. It's also purified by asking Allah to purify the heart. So then the second thing you do is you purify the heart. The third thing that you do, my brothers, is that you make your intention for the sake of Allah. But you say, Brother Imran, that makes no sense. Because some of the things I want to achieve are not religious. I'm trying to get myself what? I'm trying to get myself a good-looking girl, you know. How is that religious? Of course it's religious, brother. If your intention is good. If your intention is good, your intention could be that I want to get the most good-looking girl I can find because she's going to keep my eye, she's going to help me to lower my gaze from anyone else. Okay, I get it for girls, but what about for money? Of course your intention could be good for money. Uh, you want to make enough, as, as much money as you can so you can take care of your family. So you can take care of your mom, your dad, you can spend on your kids. This is urgent, it's rude. The best charity is the obligatory money that you spend on your family members. The money you spend on your mom and your dad and your wife and your kids. You want to spend money so you can take them to a nice place. I mean, raising your kids in a safe environment costs money. Send them to Quran school costs money. Then on top of that, you give charity. So you can aid the deen of Allah So who should make your money is bad? Even health and fitness? Of course health and fitness. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Al-Mu'minu qawi the strong believer is more beloved to Allah than the weak one. So you want to be healthy, you want to be strong, and so on and so forth. So whatever you want to achieve in life, you can make your intention for the sake of Allah. Yeah, because you want to enjoy the girl as well, and you want to enjoy the money too, and you want to enjoy these things, and you want to look good, and you want to feel good about yourself. That's all fine. But make your primary intention for the sake of Allah. You know why? Because it makes it easier to reach a target. Because now Allah said subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا The ones who strive and they put the work in for our sake, for the sake of Allah. Allah said, We're going to guide you into the paths. You're going to reach the target. You're going to get to your goal. If your goal is for Allah's sake, you get it. If you want to make that money for the sake of Allah, you get it. You want to find that girl for the sake of Allah? What are you going to get? You're going to get it. The point I'm making is that when you want to do something for the sake of Allah, Allah will make it happen for you. Somehow, some, some way. You understand? Well, I brothers, the intention is very important. The intention is so important that you get rewarded for an action even if you didn't do an intention. The Prophet said, Anyone who has an intention to do a good deed and he doesn't do the good deed, Allah will write it for him as if he done a good deed. He said, Today I'm going to give charity for the sake of Allah. You never got to give it. It will be written for you as if you gave the charity just because you intended it. So brothers, have a good intention. Have what? Have? Have a very good intention. So how many, th how many things have I told you? Number one, have a high ambition. Number two, purify your heart. Number three, once you've emptied your heart for, with filth, now fill it up with tawheed for the sake of Allah. Make it for Allah's sake. Make it for la ilaha illallah. Whatever it is that you're doing. The fourth thing is now go hard. Now go hard, even though it hurts, even though it's going to hurt, this success ain't uneasy. You know what's shocking? And I think go, a person going to the gym or training their body is a, is a beautiful example of this. And it's a metaphor for anything in life that you want to achieve. Have you noticed that if you want to build muscle, you have to rip your muscle first? It has to tear. Not rip, but it has to tear. When you tear your muscle, it builds back stronger. And when you go to the gym, you see guys are screaming with pain. With pain. He's sweating. He finished. <gasps> He's breathing heavy. Why is he going through that pain? For the success that comes at the end of it. That's why the scholars, they said, لا يستطاع العلم الجسم. You want to become a scholar? You can't do it chilling. You can't do it in a relaxed body. It comes through blood, sweat and tears. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا تَهِنُوا فِي بِتِغَاءِ الْقَوْمِ 
When Allah speaks to the companions who are going to go to jihad, Allah said, don't pursue the enemy weakly. Don't be weak. Because their objective was jihad. They were going to fight the enemy. So Allah said, don't be weak with it. Don't be soft with it. Go after them hard. Go after it hard. Do you know why? If you feel pain, فَإِنَّهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ كَمَا تَعْلَمُونَ If you get killed on the way, they're getting killed too. If you feel pain, they're feeling pain too. وَتَرْجُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَرْجُونَ But you hope from Allah, but they don't hope. These guys are going to the gym, they're working. What do they get at the end of it? A nice body? But you do it for the sake of Allah, you get Jannah. These guys are out there working, hustling, grinding. In the end, all that money, what happens? It gets inherited by their family members. They're going to go and blow it on drugs. But for you, you set up sadaqah jari, you set up masajid for the money that you made. You set up so many things, you're, you're dead and buried, but you're still getting ajr. So you, with your hard work, get more than what they get at the end of their journey. Does that make sense? Allah said, وَلَا تَهِنُوا Allah said, don't become weak. وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا Don't become sad. وَأَنْتُمُ لَعَلَوْنَ You're going to have victory. In كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِي If you're a believer, connected you back to the issue of the heart again. If your heart's pure, if you're a believer in the sake of Allah, you're going to be on top, don't worry, you're going to get, you're going to get success. Allah's going to give you that which you want. Allah's going to give you that which you want, so then go after it, and go after it hard. The fifth thing, is when you make a decision, stick to it. How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to start praying now, and then you don't. Wake up Fajr, you put the snooze on, alarm, you hear the snooze, you turn it off. How many times have you said, I'm going to go on a diet? Oh, you know what, I'm going to slide next week. How many times do you make decisions, but then you go against the decision that you make? How many times do you say, I'm going to memorize Quran? And then you break. How many times do you say, I'm going to weekly, consistently come to Matik in the Masjid? But then one day it's raining, you're like, you know, I'm not going to come. How many times do you say, I'm going to seek knowledge, but you break your decision that you made? Don't break your decision. Allah said, فَإِذَا عَزَمْتْ Once you made the decision, فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ Go and do it and have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Go and do it. Don't break the decision that you made. Let me give this example of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa one time the Prophet ﷺ was going to get ready for the battle of Uhud. Pay attention, we'll like to show you. Because everything I'm saying to you, the Prophet is an example for us. And he did it better than all of us. Making decisions and then breaking it. The battle of Uhud was taking place. So the Prophet was discussing with his companions where they should take the fight. Where the battle should happen. So the companions were being very insistent, telling the Prophet ﷺ to fight in a particular situation. And the Prophet was for a different view. But the Prophet then shura with them, he counseled them, he agreed to do it the way they wanted to do it. So then the Prophet went inside and he put his armor on. And when the Prophet, when he went, when he went, in, when he went inside to put his armor on, some of the companions felt bad. They said, I mean, we kind of forced the Prophet into this. And he didn't want to do it. We shouldn't have done that. So when the Prophet came out with his armor, he's got his sword. They said, oh, Messenger of Allah, we feel like we kind of forced you. Do it as you want to do it. The Prophet said, It's not befitting for a Prophet of Allah and for him to take off his armor after he put the armor on. He said, If a Prophet decides he's going to go out to battle, he doesn't take his armor off. He doesn't go back on his decision. And to Allah makes him meet the enemy. And Allah decides between him and the enemy who wins and he loses. He said, I decided to go to war now. I'm not taking it off. When I make a decision, I go and I finish it. And we can't stick to little decisions in our life. We can't keep the little promises that we make ourselves. And then we make promises that Allah will fall short. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, From the believers there are men, not boys, no little girls, there are men. They were true to when they made a promise to Allah. What was this ayah about? The battle of bed that took place, some of the companions couldn't make it. They didn't fight. They said, if Allah gives us another chance to fight, we're going to show Allah the way we fight for the sake of Allah. We're going to give our life for the sake of Allah. They decided they wanted to give their life for the sake of Allah. Is that a big decision to make? Did they backtrack? When the battle of Uhud happened, Anas ibn Nadr was there, he was eating some, some dates or some grapes. And as he's eating, he looks at Mu'adh, he says, Ya Mu'adh. He, he, sorry, he looked at Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh. He said, Ya Sa'ad, if I live long enough to finish this, I've lived too long. So he throws it on the floor. And he goes into battle. And as he's charging into battle, he says, I can smell the fragrance of Jannah from the battle of Uhud. I smell the fragrance of Jannah from there. And he went into battle. And he was killed for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. His body was so severely damaged that they couldn't recognize his body. They couldn't identify it. 
His sister came and noticed this is my brother because he had a little mark on his finger that she could recognize him by. Brothers, this man decided to give his life for the sake of Allah. You can't decide to give up some weight for the sake of Allah. You make a decision to say, I'm going to lose some weight. Today I'm going to make some money. Today I'm going to do my vision. Today I'm going to stop procrastinating. Today I'm going to fix my relationship with my mom and dad. Today I'm going to come to the masjid. Today I'm going to come to a class. Today I'm going to the Quran. And you backtrack. Brothers, don't backtrack. When you make a decision, what do you do? What do you do? You stick to it. How many things have I told you so far? How many? You're not taking notes. <laughs> Four things so far. Five. I told you five. The fifth thing is that don't don't what? Don't be lonely on the journey. Oh, sorry, don't let the loneliness of the journey turn you away. What do I mean by this? Do a lot of people succeed great things or do very few people succeed in great things? Huh? Huh? Few people. If everyone was successful and it was easy to be successful, then everyone would be a millionaire. Everyone would have four wives. Everyone would be a scholar. Everyone would be hench. Yes or no? But no, obesity is on the rise. And poverty is on the rise. And divorce is on the rise. And a lot of people are going to enter the hellfire, which means a lot of people are not successful. What that shows you is that when you're on the journey to success, you're going to be alone. The, higher, the more successful you become, the less people are on the journey with you. They can't, they can't handle the energy. They can't handle the hard work. They, don't handle the fire. they can't handle the fire. It's too hard for them. Now, are you going to be the sheep that goes and follows his friends? You know what? Instead of working hard today, let me just go play some FIFA. Or instead of, you know, me working today, let me just go get a meal. Or are you going to be the guy that says, you know what? You don't want to go waste your time, but me, I've got work to do today. But me, I've got Quran to memorize today. Me, bro, I've got revision to do today. Me, I'm going to the masjid, bro. Me, bro, <laughs> you're going out shopping, you're spending your money. Me, I, bro, I'm, I'm not stingy, man, saving. Man, saving. Because I've got a future to work towards. It's very easy to follow the crowd and say, you know what, everyone's doing it. So I might as well. That's why everyone's fading. That's why everyone's fading in life. That's why everyone is fading. Don't be afraid to be alone. Look what Allah said to the Prophet. Allah said, فَقَاتِلْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Muhammad, fight in the path of Allah. لا تكلف إلا نفسك. Don't worry about anyone else. You're not burdened with anyone else. Even if the companions don't come and fight with you, Muhammad, you go alone. The Prophet had to go and fight in battle even if he was alone. Can you imagine that? Imagine having to go to war and you are the only man in your army. Allah said, encourage the believers. Muhammad encouraged them. But if they don't want to come, you go. And that's why in the battle of Hunayn, when the army retreated, because the, the arrows came down, the Prophet carried on marching forward. One man! Only his uncle was with him. And the Prophet was saying, but he's on his riding beast, he was saying, Ana Nabiyu la kabib! Ana ibn Abdul Muttalib. I am a Prophet and I'm not lying. I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. And the arrows are raining down towards his direction. So don't be afraid to be alone. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? about the people of Nuh only a few people believed with Nuh how many people were successful when it came to Nuh? Prophet Nuh only some people majority of his people drowned the majority of them drowned they were drowned only some of them were successful what did Allah say about his slaves that are grateful? only a small amount of my slaves are grateful so the majority are ungrateful. That's why there was a man who used to make dua at the time of Umar. He would say, Allah maj'alni min al-qaleed. Allah maj'alni min al-qaleed. Allah maj'alni min al-qaleed. Oh Allah, make me from the few. So Umar said, who are the few? He said, Allah said in the Quran, only a few of my slaves are grateful. So I'm trying to be the, from the few. <coughs> and this also applies to the deen. When you want to practice the deen properly. People look at you as a stranger. No problem. You are a stranger. Because you're from the few. You're from the few who practice the deen properly upon the sunnah of the Prophet That's why the scholars such as Sufyan ibn Uyyan used to say Usluku sabil al-haq Travel the path of truth Walk the path of truth min And do not become sad and lonely 
and put off because of how few people are on that path. Be ready to go out and be alone. Be get, because you see the people who are together in failure, they're together in the hellfire too. But the ones who are walking the path, on their ones, they're going to be with the prophets in paradise. They're going to be what? With the prophets in paradise. The sixth point, my brothers, is that the only regret you should have is an opportunity that you missed. What did I say? The only regret you should have is an opportunity that you missed. That's the only thing you should regret. The Prophet said about the people of Jannah, he said, the Messenger said, The people in paradise, they don't regret anything except the time when they didn't remember Allah. You know why? Because they had they remembered Allah in that time, they would have been even higher in paradise. So now that they're in paradise and they got this high station, the only thing that they regret is not doing more ibadah. Because had they done more, they would have had higher. So at the end, when you pass your exams, and you only got a 2-1, the only thing you should regret. Don't regret. Don't, 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 what you should regret is that the time you could have spent doing khair. When at the end of it, when at the end of what? When at the end of your business launch, you didn't reach the targets that you wanted to reach, regret the things that you could have done that you didn't. Regret the moments that you were playing games. That's where your regret should be. Ibn Umar and one of the Prophet's companions, one time he was in a masjid and he had some stones in his hand and he was just turning them over in his hand. And a guy came to him and he told him, someone told him about the reward for praying janazah prayer. Because the Prophet mentioned, the one who prays the janazah prayer, he has the reward of a qirat. Qirat is the reward which is the size of a mountain. The reward which is the size of a mountain, just for praying janazah prayer. And then if he what? He follows the body to the graveyard and buries it, he gets two qirat. He gets how many? If he follows the body, what does he get? What does he get? He gets two. So if he prays the prayer, and he goes until the body is buried, he gets two. So two mount he gets the reward of two mountains. Imagine two mountains worth of reward. Just for praying on a dead body, and taking it to the graveyard, until it's buried. So Ibn Umar never knew this hadith. So when he found out this hadith, the stones that were in his hand, he threw them onto the floor. And then he said, He said, we missed out on a lot of qararit, on a lot of rewards, a lot of mountainous rewards. So what did he regret? The reward he missed out on. And that's how your mentality should be. The problem that you should regret is the time you did not commit. I'm sorry, I get a bit aggressive when I think of how feminine the brothers are nowadays. My mind just really bugs me. We're like, we have a very, we have a very, 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 like, it's insulting to say it's a feminine mentality because even females are not that bad. Some brothers are soft, alive. Soft, they cry. I didn't make it, I didn't achieve it. And that brings me on to my seventh point. That brings me on to what? My seventh point. What's the seventh point? The seventh point is that when you make a mistake, only blame yourself. When you fail, blame yourself. Don't blame anyone else. We like to blame our circumstances. Mom and dad didn't show me how to read and write. Mom and dad didn't send me to the masjid. Mom and dad didn't teach me Islam. Oh, coronavirus happened. Oh, this happened. Oh, there's too many people living in my house. I can't focus. You can't focus people living in the house. Why don't you go to the library and work? Because you're lazy. You're being a bum. Don't have that mentality of blaming everyone around you, my brothers. Don't do that. When the Prophet's companions lost the battle of Badr, and they asked, and they asked, when they asked, how did this happen? How did we lose? How can we lose? Allah said, Allah said, this is your fault. What do you mean, how do we lose? You, you made the mistake. This is because of you. Allah said, مَا أَصْوَابَكَ مِنْ حَسْرَةٍ فَمِنَ اللَّهِ Any good that comes is from Allah. وَمَا أَصْوَابَكَ مِنْ سَيِّعَةٍ فَمِنْ نَفْسِكَ But when any wrong comes, that's yourself. You made the mistake. 
You didn't work hard enough. You know what you did wrong. You didn't work. You didn't wake up early. You went to sleep late. You weren't putting in the effort. <coughs> it's too hard nowadays. You know, the fitness is too hard. You don't know what your gaze. Oh, I do know my gaze. But you were too busy watching half naked women on Netflix. So you wonder why it's hard for you to lower your gaze. You can't leave your friends behind. Oh, I skipped up again, bro. You know, I need help. I was in the masjid, now I'm off, this, I'm off, off my deal again. Who told you to stop hanging around with your friends? That's your fault. That's your fault. If you didn't get what you wanted at the end, don't blame anyone but yourself. Nowadays we like to complain. Oh, look at the Muslim countries. Look at the Muslim rulers. Bruv, it's your fault. Allah said, like that we place people on top, oppressive people on top of people. Like that we made your rulers oppressors because of what you used to do. Nowadays everyone's coming to me, they're messaging me in my DMs. Oh, what's your thoughts on Saudi? What's your thoughts on Saudi? Because you lot must have seen they had some rave in the desert. Did you not see it? Who thinks that this is something that we should talk about? But it doesn't make no sense to me. Why do you want me to talk about Saudi? I live in the UK, I've got drug dealers that live around the corner from me. My youngers are ending up in jail. Fell from young offenders down the road. It's filled with my young brothers. And you're telling me to talk about Saudi. Because you want to divert the problem of the Ummah from yourself to some next man living in the desert. But you forgot that you have a role to play. Your son's on drugs. Blame yourself. People out there talking about we need to establish Khilafah. Bruv, you shave your beard. Establish the Khilafah on your face act. Establish it on your face, you can't establish it on your body. Your child's are below your ankles, you're saying, Oh, the Muslim rulers are corrupt. It's true, they might be. But the Prophet said, We can't talk about them because it creates more corruption. Take the problem on yourself, fix yourself, and then everything else will fall into place. Does that make sense? So learn to accept responsibility. If your relationship doesn't work out, I don't say because the girl was mad. What could you have done right? What could you have done right? Blame yourself. By not in some victim way, oh, it's all my fault, look at me, I'm rubbish. No. Anyway, what did I, what could I have done better? Let me be a man and own up to my mistake. Even if you did 99% right, there was that 1% you were missing. Fix that next time. With regards to your deen and your dunya. The eighth point. Eighth or seventh? Eighth. Brothers, hard work and achievements don't come without sabr. Allah said, I'm hasibatum and tadukul jannah. Do you think that you're going to make it to paradise? And to Allah sees those from amongst you who strive and those who have sabr and patience? Nah. You have to come with patience. It's a journey, it's a long journey. You know they say if you want to be a master at any skill, you need to spend 10,000 hours. They looked at the greatest minds, athletes, you know, sports personalities, intelligent academics. They said anyone who became a master in his field, the average is you need to spend 10,000 hours. You want to be a student of knowledge? 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. You want your relationship? You want to be a master in how to deal with relationships? 10,000 hours working on your relationship, studying it, implementing it, working it, didn't work, make sense, go back, restart again. 10,000 hours is a long time, bro. You might space that out over five years, you might space it out over 10 years, you might space it out over 20 years. It's up to you, you can spend an hour a day working on it, you can spend half an hour a day working on it, but you need to put the time in. Sabr. As for Jannah, it's until your last breath. Until your... Until your last breath. The ninth point is that when you do attain success, and you will inshallah, don't for a second think that it was because of you. You put in the hard work, but it wasn't you. You put the effort, it wasn't you. The certificate mentions your name, but it wasn't you. When the companions won at the Battle of Badr, Allah said, فَلَمْ تَقْتُلُوهُمْ You did not fight them and kill them. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ قَتَلَهُمْ Allah is the one who killed them. وَمَا رَمَيْتَ إِذْ رَمَيْتَ And when you threw, it was not you that threw. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ رَمَى But Allah is the one who threw. 
Allah is the one who did it, my brothers. Remember, Qarun was a very rich man. He was a man that was so rich that, forget his treasures, the key to his treasures had to be carried by a group of men. That's how big the key to his treasure was. He said, this, all of this wealth I have is from my knowledge. So Allah made the F swallow him. What do you mean from your knowledge? Allah is the one who made this happen. The ninth point is that if you know Allah is the one who makes this happen, then throughout the journey you should be begging Allah. You should be... Ibadah is the greatest thing you can do, right? Don't you ask Allah for help in ibadah every day? You pray your salah five times a day. How many times do you read Fatiha in your five daily prayers? 17 times. Every day you're saying, إِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ You're saying, Allah, guide me to the straight path. You're, making, you're doing your ibadah, but you're asking for guidance. Because you cannot be guided without Him. That's why you say, إِيَّا كَنَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّا كَنَسْتَعِينَ There's only you we worship, and it's only you that we ask for help. So you can't achieve and be successful without Allah. In your ibadah. And that's the reason He created you. If you can't, then you definitely can't be in terms of your rizq. Even when Allah tells you to give charity, He says, Allah said, Oh, you believe, give charity from what Allah gave you. From what who gave you? From what Allah gave you. You think you earned that money? You think you put the fridge into the house? And put the food in the fridge? That's from Allah, bro. You couldn't have done that on your own. Allah could have made you, you not wake up in the morning. Your limbs would have not worked. You could have lost your job. So then you need to be asking Allah throughout the whole way. Because Allah said, Whoever relies upon Allah, whoever asks Allah for help, then He is the one who's going to be taken care of. Ibrahim was being flung in the air into the fire, and whilst he's in the middle of the sky, Jibreel comes to him and he says, Ya Ibrahim, alaka haja, do you have any help? Do you need any help? What would you say at this time? You say, Yeah, I mean, kind of being dashed into the fire right now. Uh, Jibreel, do you even need to ask? You might think, like, you know, just take me, fly away with me somewhere. He says, No, I don't need anything from you, but I need it from Allah. So straight away Allah spoke to the fire himself And Allah said, oh fire be calm, be cool and peaceful for Ibrahim So then the, Allah made the fire which burns change And become a place of peace for Ibrahim Ibrahim is in a fire which is peaceful for him Me and you are inside of our beds and we're stressed Because he relied upon Allah That's why the Prophet said The Prophet said Strive and work hard for that which benefits you. Wasta'in billah. And ask Allah for help. Because all that hard work and that energy is going to get you a big fat zero if Allah doesn't help you. How many times have we seen people that get sick? They take medication which made one guy get better and the other guy, he actually died. Two guys get cancer, one does chemo. Other does chemo, one gets better, one, one dies. And he got the same disease. Because one Allah wanted him to get better, one Allah didn't. So who's really in control? Who's really in control? Allah is the one who's in control. Do you understand, brothers? And by the way, you know, a lot of people read a lot of self-help books nowadays. You know, personal development and motivation. And they listen to all these motivational guys. One of the things that they teach you is to believe in yourself. And that's a disgusting thing. To believe in yourself. Because we were told to make dua every day to not be left to rely upon ourselves. Allah, the Prophet told us to make dua every morning. Ya Hayyu, Ya Qayyum, bi rahmatika astaghi, aslih li sha'ni kulla, wa la takilni ila nafsi tarfata'inin. Oh Allah, every morning and every evening we make this dua. Allah, don't leave me to rely upon myself for even the twinkling of an eye. How can I believe in myself when I don't trust myself to take care of myself? Imagine if Allah left me to myself and I had to make my own heartbeat. And I had to make my own lungs inhale and exhale. Do you make your lungs inhale and exhale? It's a process outside of your control. Are you in control of your cardiovascular system? Your heart's beating and pumping blood around your body and you've got no say in the matter. Allah does that for you. Imagine Allah said you handle yourself. You make your neural networks work. You make your digestive system work. You do it all. 
Allah does it for us. So don't believe in yourself. That doesn't mean don't have confidence. We have the greatest confidence. You know why? Because we're relying upon Allah, the King of Kings. He can do anything he wants. So I'm more confident than a kafir who believes in himself. I believe with more certainty I can achieve this goal. You believe it because you, you can achieve it. Based on yourself. I believe it because Allah is going to make me get there. And there's no two ways about it. So the Muslim ends up being more confident. Not because he believes in himself, but he believes in Allah. And he asks Allah and he begs Allah throughout the whole journey. Was that the ninth point or the eighth point? So now we're on the tenth. The tenth point is, and when you attain success, be very grateful to your Lord. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ أَنْتُمْ قَلِيلٌ مُسْتَضْعَفُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ يَتَّخَافُونَ أَنْ يَتَخَطَّفَكُمُ النَّاسِ فَآوَاكُمْ وَأَيَّدَكُمْ بِنَصْرِهِ وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah said, and remember when you were few and you were oppressed in the land, scared that the people were going to abduct you, but he sheltered you and he supported you with victory and he gave you rizq, he provided for you. He gave you what you wanted. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you can be grateful. So then when you get your success, know that Allah gave this to you so you can be grateful to him for this. And gratitude is shown by acknowledging in your heart this is from Allah, number one. Number two, saying shukr to Allah on your tongue. And number three, using the thing that Allah gave you in his obedience. Allah gave you money, don't use it for champagne, don't use it for drugs, don't use it for movies, don't use it for haram. Use it to buy some nice clothes for yourself, for your family, give charity, sponsor an orphan. Allah give you strength. Don't use it to be arrogant and look down at people and harm people. Use it to support people, help people. Someone needs a favor, lift something up for them. This is what, what? This is what the believer he does. He's grateful. And gratitude is shown by actions. The tenth point, tenth? Eleventh, sorry. The eleventh point is don't let your success in the dunya distract you from the akhirah. Today I gave you loads of examples about worldly affairs, yes or no? Yes or no? Is any of it bad? No. As long as you don't go extreme. But none of this stuff is going to benefit you on the Day of Judgment. In and within itself. Allah said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ On a day when no wealth is going to benefit you. وَلَا بَنُونَ And no children are going to benefit you. إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Except for one who comes to Allah with a heart that is sound. So the only thing that's going to benefit you on a Day of Judgment is a heart that is pure. Upon Tawheed and Sunnah. And away from sins. What did Allah say at the end of Surah Al-Kaf? At the end? What's the ayah? وَلَا يُقِيمُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَزْنَةِ Imran? Did I say the ayah right? At the end. وَلَا يُقِيمُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَزْنَةِ I may have said the ayah wrong, but Allah said on the day of judgment, they will hold no weight. They will hold no weight. The Prophet said, a big man will come on the day of judgment. A big man. He's heavy. He's going to be put on the scales. He's going to weigh less than a fly. So you could be going gym, putting in the work, getting your gains. It's not going to benefit you on the day of judgment. It's not going to benefit you on the day of judgment. Your children are not going to benefit you. Your wife's going to run away from you. Your wife's gonna run from you, your child's gonna run from you, your wealth's not gonna benefit you. Those things that I told you at the beginning, the five, only one of them is gonna benefit you on the day of judgment, and that's your deen, the first one. The other things are from the blessings of Allah. Allah said, Don't forget your portion in this world. Take care of your health, eat good food, get married, have kids, make money. No problem. But the most important thing is the akhirah. Of course, if you do these things with a good intention, then yes, you get rewarded for the intention, no problem. But what point is there that your intention is good going to the gym, but you don't come to the masjid and pray? You don't really do the stuff that you have to do. You don't do the stuff that you have to do. 
Allah said, وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةً Allah said, know that your wealth and your children are fitna. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ أَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ But with Allah is the, is, the, is the great reward. The great reward is with what? Allah. The twelfth point is that if you want to work towards the Akhirah and you want to work in the Deen, then you should want to work towards the highest thing in the deen. Yes or no? Because we said at the beginning, reach for the highest point. Don't have low aspirations, right? So as a Muslim who's on his deen and wants to be on his deen, what's the greatest thing that you can do? Put your hand up if you want, if you, if, if, if you want to be on your deen. Put your hand up if you want to reach high goals in your deen. Okay, that's everyone, right? Pay attention. The highest and the greatest point in your religion is to be a person who has knowledge. To study your deen, to seek knowledge. Allah said, Allah has lifted those who have iman from amongst the rest of mankind. But the ones who have knowledge, Allah lifted them right at the top of everyone else. How high? He didn't say... He just said, Darajat. He didn't say he lifted them a level higher. He said he lifted them levels higher. Darajat, stations above everyone else. Above everyone else. The Prophet has the highest point in paradise, yes or no? The Prophet was the greatest man, yes or no? He also was the most knowledgeable. He said, A'lamukum billahi ana. The one who has the most knowledge of Allah from all of you is me. Is who? Him, sallallahu alayhi wa That's why... When Allah told the Prophet to make dua, Allah didn't tell the Prophet to make dua for wealth. He didn't tell him to make dua for health, for strength, for numbers, for followers, for wives. Allah told him to make dua for knowledge. My Lord, increase me in knowledge. Because there's nothing that's more greater than that. That's why. When you look at people who give up and sacrifice for things, you look at these sports personalities who sacrifice for their sports and these businessmen that sacrifice for their businesses. You watch probably some of these people on YouTube that talk about I sacrifice this to reach where I am. You watch a documentary of some boxer like, look what he had to give up to reach where he is now. None of that compares to what the scholars gave up for knowledge. And you know why they were able to give that up? It was because they knew how great knowledge is. Brothers, you've all heard stories where some of the Salaf would walk six months on foot for one hadith. Why? Because they were, ch they were chasing greatness. They said, if for this one hadith I have to walk on my feet for six months, I'll do it. Baqiyat ibn Makhlad walked from Spain to Iraq by feet to take knowledge from Imam Ahmed. Ibn Abi Hatim al-Razi, he walked so long he walked so long in the desert by foot, he started to urinate blood. He was urinating blood because of the heat in the desert for the knowledge. Some of them wouldn't eat for days. Some of them wouldn't eat for, for days. Because they, they were chasing greatness. The 13th point, inshallah ta'ala, is everything that I have said to you can be summarized in one hadith of the Prophet Look at how weak I am as a person in trying to explain a point. After spend an hour giving you all these different things, but the Prophet summarized it in a few words. He said, "Al Mu'minun Qawi, the strong believer, خَيْرٌ وَأَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِ الضَّعِيفِ." The strong believer is more beloved to Allah and better than the one who is weak. So this is teaching you what you should want to be strong, not weak. You should want to be better than everyone else. By the way, this is not just strong in Iman, strong in strength as well. Because the one who's strong can defend the Muslims. He can pray and do more worship. He's less lazy, he doesn't get tired easily. He can help the believers with his strength. So you, you should want to be the one who is the strongest. Be strong in your Iman, strong in your finances, strong in what your relationship, strong in physical health, strong in whatever you want to do. Don't be like the one who's mediocre. 
And the Prophet said, but it's good in both. There's good in all of them. All the strong and the weak, there's good. But the one who's strong is better. So it's teaching to have high goals and high aspirations, perhaps. Then the Prophet said, And then work hard. Don't just say, I want to be a strong believer and don't put the work in. Don't just say, I want to be a strong believer and don't put the work in. Put the work in towards that which is going to benefit you. Number three, the Prophet said, وسلم, And seek help from Allah. Because you can't do it on your own. You can put all the effort in, but if you don't get Allah's help, you can't get nothing, right? And then the fourth thing, the Prophet وسلم, said, And don't give up. Have a high ambition. Put the work in yourself. Hard work. Ask Allah for help. And don't give up. And then the Prophet said, وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُلْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا كَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا And if it doesn't go your way, you didn't get what you want, don't be like, don't start questioning the Qadr. Don't start questioning Allah's Qadr. Rather, the Prophet said, say, قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ مَا Allah Azza wa Jal, He decrees what He wants. He decrees. Allah decrees and what He wills, He does. So my brothers, have a high ambition, work hard for it, ask Allah for help, don't give up, and accept the qadr with regards to whatever the outcome is. Subhanakallahu bihamdika shabdullah ilaha illa anta If you'd like to get more information about when the next event is going to be, the location, time, place, date, click the link below and join the Telegram group that will take you to a group where we have all the information about all of our live events. Wanted to give those of you who are not able to make it an opportunity to participate in the khair. And that is that, inshallah ta'ala, if you'd like to contribute towards the expenses of these events, we don't charge anyone to attend, but we do have a lot of expenses, food, whatnot, the giveaways that attract the people to come in and whatever have you. As you can see, it brings in the youth, the youngsters, the ones who, you know, we really need to reach out to them and get them in the masjid. Who knows, someone may come to the masjid, completely change their life. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the primary reason for that. But then Allah might have made you a means for that person or those people to change. So donate as generously as you can at the link below. And inshallah ta'ala, please come and attend. So hopefully we see you there, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, peace.